please, if you appreciate these teachings, if these are meaningful to you, uh, then help us uh, keep keep going and expand our vision. We want to expand from where this monastery is. This is the heart of this Battle Creek. This is a seed in the center of Battle Creek. And I want to see it expand, not just monastics or meditators, but into the community so that we're not monks on a mountaintop or monks in some kind of isolation or whatever you may call it, regardless of COVID, that we're connected with this community. We really want to do that. Help us. Go to the website, sokokoji.org. This evening, I'm going to talk about something that I say every now and then, maybe not often, but enough that it sometimes brings up questions and did uh, this evening from uh, uh, Ondo. She said, you could talk about that, something you say. And what, what is it that I say is sometimes say, come and get me. And uh, as I sometimes even explain, I'm not saying come and attack me or jump in my lap or come and grab me by the ears or something. I'm saying interact with this. If you, if you think of yourself as a student, then you think of yourself as a someone who is a, especially a student of mine or a student of Buddhism, even if you aren't a student of mine. Maybe more especially if you're a student of someone else, come and get me. I'm saying find out who is here so you don't, you're not projecting on me. You're going to project perhaps regardless, perhaps anyway. But if you sit back and just receive, you may not realize the degree to which you're projecting on this teacher, this person. I can see it in you. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your actions. I can hear it in the tone of your voice uh, when you're projecting over here, when you're projecting this way. And that's why I say this. Come and get me. I, I, I don't, if I could think of it, maybe something that was more concise, more accurate, more, um, I, I don't know, maybe I would be a long sentence, maybe a compound sentence. Could be any number of things. I'm not saying challenge me or make things hard on me. Things are hard enough. But come and get me. Be direct. Bring whatever you're, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're understanding, uh, however clear it may be to you or unclear. Come and get me. Is anyone here in Zoom, on Zoom, or in here in the, in the Zendo, feel like they understand what I'm saying? Is everyone perplexed by that? Are you? Are you? You're perplexed by it? Yeah. I'm saying something that perplexes everyone. Sure, but along, well, I have a question about it. Okay. How do we ask a question without projecting? I probably can't. Am I at the other end of the room? Shogabang, when you said, come and get me, find out who's over here, how do we find out uh, who you are? I don't know. But quite often the projections are strong. What is the question to you show us about our projections onto you? I don't know. I'm confused. Did you just come and get me? Sokokoji Mudra. Shokobang, is the projection onto you as the teacher or in what you're referring to when you say that different from the way in which we project onto anybody? Probably. Let me say the Sukansu is here. Chiazan, do you have any idea what that is about when I'm saying come and get me? Chiazan bowing. I'm, I just know from me personally, it was uh, something that happened more early on that I was pretty forward about my um, trepidation or even skepticism. And I asked some pretty questions coming out of my misunderstanding pretty directly, but that helped, it seemed, you teach me where I was caught up instead of trying to ask questions that like a good student might have asked, I suppose. Very well said. 
I'm not going to say what the questions were, but that's it's a very good, a very good description. He, at the time, this has been a while ago, but came this direction to come and challenge me. It was it was kind of a challenge. I don't remember exactly the words that happened, but came in such a way that wasn't disrespectful, but was very very intentional, and was coming out of as I recall, coming out of your, um, uh, I could say, insecurity around this relationship. So, difficult thing to characterize. It's like to, trying to explain a koan. Uh, if, if, you, if it's a koan you can explain, it's probably not a koan. Or a kungan, kungan. Senshu bowing. What do we do when it feels like, for me, I can't ask you a, a penetrating question that comes and gets you? <laughs> Sometimes I am moved to say that, come and get me. It has something to do with the the energy that's happening, uh, some, it's, uh, it's situational, it's not something I'm thinking up all the time. Tell me, uh, relate to me directly and what's uh, what's happening with you. I don't know how else to say it other than that. And this, um, you already do that, so there's nothing more for you to do. Chazan was, was not doing that at the time, and it was there, and I saw it, I could feel that since I since I met him, and then he did, came after me, basically. I don't know how to describe it other than that, but he just described what I was asking about. Let's see, is anyone else understand that? Come and get me. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever done that in this direction? Have you? How would you describe it? Confusing. Difficult. So the idea here is to don't take anything for granted. This doesn't mean that if you're dedicated to the teachings or you've received the, the Bodhisattva vow or you're a monk, it doesn't mean that you uh, doubt everything or challenge everything, but, but you come and you look at that situation afresh all the time. Bring all of your energy to, to, the, the, to the, the wall. To the teacher, to the teaching. This way, it is. It's always fresh, and always the energy is always direct and fresh, and arises right out of the situation, rather than something that is generated out of something else or something in the past. Please. Ona Bali, you say um, relate to me directly. Can we do that and project on you, Bali? The projection may come. May come and may go, uh, but what the way Chazan was responding to it is that he saw what he was projecting. Uh, maybe I'm going too far by saying that, but that's what it feels like uh, the way you're talking about it and the way it felt at the time. But some of that might still be the case, but also you might be more clear about your projection. On the line, uh, can we? Um, you know, you were, it sounded like what Chazan was doing was doubting you. It seems like there's at the other end of the of a continuum might be that we're projecting um, that you are um, a true teacher and um, want to treat you deferentially or... Um, yes. Uh, that's one of the ways. The other way is uh, doubting. And the other way is uh, going too much the other direction. Well, Sogazan says it must be true. So that is what I'm cutting into or endeavoring to cut into is, I don't, it's difficult to talk about. I should have come up with my own talk title, shouldn't I? <laughs> what should I talk about? Why don't you talk about when you say that, what is that? That's, it's a difficult one to describe. If, if I could describe it, I might be actually coming towards you in that way and asking you about it. It's not just about me and it's not just about you. It's something about that combination. Um, I don't know that I've 
come at you, come after you, or come at you, but um, yeah, come and gotten you. <laughs> I don't feel God. But it feels like there have been times where I could have been pushed, but I was afraid to maybe expose what I was actually wanting to know. Is there a way to... Um, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Something comes up, it's about the dynamic here. Uh, that's not happening so much uh, with Senshu. So, so this would not particularly apply to her. I can think of other people that it probably would not apply to too much, but then other people that it would. You know what this is about. Tell us. Can you put that into words? It's like there's fear, there's fear, and then there's fear of exposing the fear. So. Seems like when you encourage us, it helps us get get a layer off. At least that okay. is how it's been for me. Oh. Thank you, sir. Nilka Bowing. Um, our most uncertain questions actually the most direct? Um, well, it could be. I don't know if I'd say most, but uncertain. I always ask the question, whatever it may be. You have a question? Go ahead. Ginger Bowing, when we feel that fear of being exposed, if we don't come and get you, is that missing an opportunity or failing somehow? Probably. Probably. Another thing I'm going to point out that you perhaps have noticed, it's very easy to interrupt me. I mean, sometimes I'm in the middle of a paragraph or a sentence or something, so I might say, wait a minute. <laughs> But it's not often. Usually, if I'm starting to talk uh, and you start to talk, I stop and say, no, you first. And the reason I'm saying that is I know that what you're going to say is much more important from the point of view. I don't need to outflow anything. I don't need to teach anything. I don't need to do anything. But if you're coming this way, that means there's a question or some kind of consideration that allows me to speak to you. So when I, there is really no one here, whatever's, whatever is here, I don't have no idea what it is. I don't know who I am or what I am. I know I go by this uh, name, Sokazan, and I have found that that's helpful to do that. That's why I have told everyone that if I give you this name, use the name, at least use it in the, in the Dharma setting or in the, in, the, in the monastery or the temple or on the book studies, use that name. The rest of the time you can do what you want. One person, I think, uh, uh, changed their name legally to, to there. Bowing, when you are in the middle of saying something and I raise my hand or look like I'm going to talk, yes. and you stop, I feel sheepish, like I... Have interrupted me? Yep. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, it's just feeling sheepish. I'm this this coming this way. What is this? What is this? What it, what wanting to know something uh, puts it allows me. You could say when I say allows it it goes into the very understanding of dependent origination. It goes into it. I'm not separate from you, and I see it, but you don't, and you struggle. You're not separate from anything. But here's someone who you're looking at them, and they know that they're. They're separated, but they're fundamentally not separate from you. And and you're speechless. You can't say it. You can't say, oh, we're not separate. It just comes out as just language about something, some kind of philosophy or psychology. So, yes, you could say it this way. Interrupt me. Come and get me. Interrupt me. Please come do this. Three hands at once. Come back to you, go ahead. Is it disrespectful? Do I feel sheepish for interrupting you? Uh, I never feel sheepish. I don't even eat lamb. Yes, you do. <laughs> 
and say it in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but. Is it disrespectful to interrupt you? It might be. It could be taken that way. I'm certainly not going to take it that way. There's other things that you may do or anyone may do here that may be disrespectful. But it, but I'm not going to correct that because I would rather see the way you disrespect the teacher. And can, because that helps me see where your mind is at. Helps me see the way in which you're relating uh, as a student of the Dharma to a Dharma teacher. I'm... Yeah, that's a good example right there. I'm about to say something, but you raise your hand, and I, I know that I'll either say it or I won't, but what you say is more important. I live out of this vow. Even though I'm a self-centered fool, I live out of this vow. Nothing's going to save you. There isn't anyone. So, it's about the vow. Go ahead, please. I think you've also given a talk called Wait for the Teacher. So do we wait for the teacher or do we interrupt the teacher? That's kind of a conundrum. What do you think? Speak. I don't know. I don't know. You don't know too. (laughs) I don't know. Hondo. Are you saying that you're not looking, when you say come and get me, you're not looking for penetrating questions, you're looking for genuine questions, Bowie? Hmm. It's kind of a setup. You're here, I've been talking, say, uh, uh, talking about the three poisons or something like, whatever I'm talking about, and then I look around and I say, come and get me. This is not how I usually say, come and get me. So I'm seeing something that is not moving. There's something about the situation that I'm in, that you're in, that just needs, needs something. Sometimes I yell. Years ago, I yelled quite a bit. And I thought, this doesn't seem to be helping at all. <laughs> People just think that's weird that I'm yelling, or whatever they think. I would shout, go ahead. So is it more that you're asking for us to um, start our contribution to the talk? Is that what you're saying, Bob? Uh, a little bit of that. Have more more going on. If I give a uh, have a talk title, I know that I'm only going to be able to talk about it so much because so much of it is about the understanding of whatever that situation is. Like I could give a talk on uh, the, the 12 links on the chain of existence and just describe what each one is. But you can read all of that. And you can read, you can just go to the first one, which is uh, ignorance. You can just talk about all the different ways that uh, shows up. So, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it is about the interaction when I say that. And also, if I'm beginning to say something and you have your hand up, I'm highly motivated to to hear what you have to say rather than I'm just going to produce stuff. Outflow. Difficult to describe. How much of a Dharma talk is um, the student responsibility filing? Well, you're listening, so without, without students, there's no talk, unless somebody is writing a book, which isn't particularly particularly a Dharma talk. Someone writing a book about about the Dharma. I was recently asked to go on a program. I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, it was a, um, to, it was invited on to be someone was going to ask questions. And, and I thought, well, I, I don't know what it is, so I'll go and see what they're doing. Because if I'm invited, I usually try to show up uh, as a teacher. Um, I call what it was, but it's something where there's lots of the person has lots of Dharma teachers. They interviewed them. Um, I can't recall what it was, but I went on and listened to 
not, not a whole one, because they were like an hour, sometimes a couple hours long, depending on how cabby they all were. But uh, I would go in and, went in and list to see what, what it was about. And they were just interviewing like a biography or something. What did you do? And then who, what was that like? And what was it like to meet your teacher? And, and on and on. And they just uh, not interested in doing that, that being interviewed in that way. A little bit, but not a whole two hours of that or hour and a half. Like, how can we contribute to the Dharma talk? Bowing. Come and get me. Christine Bowing. Yeah. Versus projecting, I feel like a sponge. I, I feel like a sponge just so ripe and ready to be present at your monastery since I've been coming. Is it my ego that's caught up in the feeling of being so vulnerable because I'm only three years on this path and, you know, I can have a great library full of books and book reading is great, but I like when you talk. I like being a sponge. Okay. I feel, I feel like this, the sponge in me just keeps taking more and more and more in and Maybe with all that more taking in, I should have more questions. Um, but it's my vulnerability or it's my it's my uneasiness with being vulnerable that a question doesn't come to me. A question from William in New York. William. How do we know any progress we make will count in the end or we are not wasting time? So look at the very question itself, wasting. Look at the very question, time. It's not that there, there isn't this idea or, or the situation that we call time. This happened and then later on that other thing's going to happen. So those are, those are all there and they tend to tie into our, our fixation and our attribution that this is, I am somebody going somewhere. And so this is why the teaching of the emphasis on, uh, Practice, practice like your hair is on fire. Death comes without warning. Get this done. Get get to know fundamentally who you are and what this is before who you think you are. Um, the opportunity to see who you are is covered up by who you think you are, what you think this is, projections, and you pass away without having really realized your true nature, realized your Buddha nature. Billions of people have no interest in this. Even if they were to, they were to, if they were to listen to talks to the Buddha or my talks or anyone's talks, they're not there. They have something else going on with their karma. Whereas if you're listening to, to this person talk right now, you have an interest in knowing a deeper, having a deeper understanding of who you are and what this is, or you would not be here. And some of that is motivated by what frustration, anxiety, pain, suffering. And then you start to hear uh, words that are taking you not necessarily away from that, but taking you into that situation intelligently, taking you saying, saying to you, yes, you can do this. You can actually look and see uh, what you're, what is happening with your confusion. You can see the confusion. You can actually begin to be responsible, the ability to respond to what is happening in your mind stream instead of dumping it on someone else. It's so easy to just, someone triggers something to just blame somebody or blame the world, blame your parents for how they treated you. I did that for a while myself. And to fully be responsible for what's, what is happening. This does not mean blame this direction. There's no one fundamentally to blame for anything. There's no singularity that has any substance to it. So if you're here and you're asking questions and I'm talking, uh, or for that matter, any Dharma to any true teacher is talking, then receive. Receive that as much as you can. And then if there's any kind of doubts or considerations, um, then bring it to the teacher. Don't bring it to, don't gossip about it somewhere else. Bring it here. A question from Naveed in Iran. Yes, Naveed. You are assured about your enlightenment, Sokazan. Where does this assurity come from, and when does this assurity happen to oneself? Hmm. Well, there's some projections. 
So the whole idea of being assured uh, is opposed to being unsure. That polarity, when that polarity is gone, uh, if there is anything that shows up as confidence, which it will, it's just that you, you know what this is. You know what it is now, there's nothing hidden. So therefore that becomes manifest. So there is no positionality as I'm enlightened and I'm really sure of it. I'm really confident. For a while I wasn't so sure about my line, but I got it now. Definitely enlightened. What do you guys think about me? What do you guys think about what I'm thinking about me? It's just a thought, you can do anything with it, go anywhere. But if there isn't anyone, then thinking just is just dependently risen. It doesn't belong to a thinker. There's no solid being anywhere. It's an astonishing realization. And this is available to you. Every one of you, you can do it. Now, what is my motivation? To teach you this, to present this to you so you can do it. But if you're hiding behind a shield of something, your ideas, your opinions, and there's this big long drapery of chain mail hanging in front of me, I can see you behind it. And I say, come and get me. Do I need to explain that really? How do we work with it when we can't see a way through that veil? Um, That's how you do it. So if you say, I can't see a way through that veil, that means you're looking at it. And that's what you do. That's what you need to do. You need to look at the veil. You need to look at the wall of the mind, the mukege ko, as it says, without walls of the mind. How do you, how do you see uh, the walls of the mind? You look right at them until you see through them. Without walls of the mind. This is a Arjunaparamita material out of 2,000 years ago, but... Senshi bowing, did you go and get your teachers? No, it was too chicken. <laughs> I wasn't about to do that. No. And that's why I'm able to do talk the way I'm talking, is I could see that I had I moved into that, moved towards that, gone in that direction. But I, I didn't have anybody helping with that. I didn't have... I had one teacher, my first teacher was, uh, of course, had so many students that was really good because that created a big buffer where I didn't have to see him every day like you get to see me or maybe not every day, but often. I teach differently than either one of them did. Whoever realizes, if you even call it a realization, and if they even teach, they will do it out of the person they are. That's why I say, you don't have to be somebody else. You get to be who you are. You get to be all of the dirty corners and all of the, the, the smoke screens and all of the walls of the mind that are in you right now. You get to get to see that, see what that is, see that it is unreal, unfounded. And it is unreal. Your ego is unreal. Yourself, the self that is a fearful or a threatened, feels threatened, is unreal. You see that? You're liberated. It's not a state of mind. It is mind because there's no solid being, even though there's a physical organism, but there's lots of physical organisms. You just happen to be one of them. Trungpa Rinpoche's way of talking about it was talking about, about like a bowl of stew or something where it's all boiling, the world is boiling, and, and you're a carrot that keeps popping up. And reality, or you could say the teacher, or the universality of the guru comes and say, Get back down there, you true orange. Boil some more. Personality, the personality that we're so attached to, our particular style, tone of voice, or whatever. Step through the, tri the trivial or the petty mind. Come and get me. Sir. Can we be bad students? I don't have any bad students. You might think that you are, but I don't have, I don't have any bad students. Even my worst student is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shogobang, what does it look like to see through a projection? It may not have a, a experiential overtones in the same way that for you as it would for someone else. But there's some quality of just trying to come up with an example, possibly, if I could talk about it that way. Pardon me. 
you just see that you were wrong about something. You just see that what you thought was this way was actually that way. Shoko does the perception change? Does the, the projection change? Does it turn into something different if we then see that? I don't think it comes it turns into something different. You just see more of what was actually there. Like, I'll give you an example, a good example. Um, is this really a good example? <laughs> Should I? When I met Koban, Koban Roshi, my, my Zen master, he seemed very soft and seemed very kind of, kind of almost kind of innocent. And very much like I like to characterize him as being very, very much like a feather. Uh, but then when I asked him to function as my teacher, he basically took my head off. His, that feather turned into a sword, and it didn't take my head off. It was he was not mean to me. He he what was showing up as me. I was getting my identity from the projecting on him, and as soon as I. I didn't. I never did have the courage to do it. I made the mistake. Let's put it this way: my ego made the mistake of thinking I could ask him to be my teacher and, and not be sincere. And that's where he got me. You follow that? So I asked him, but I, uh, you know, I wasn't really totally into it. Just wanted to control him, get him to accept me as a student, so that I can continue to function in my own dense cloud of of uh, confusion and he didn't he didn't buy it and i'm not saying he did anything uh, that anyone looking on would think was anything at all it's just that it to me it was intense and it was painful and i and i stopped and was speechless from from then on for quite a while several uh, I don't know if it was weeks or months or whatever, it was probably somewhere near a year. And then I came back and asked him again. And then he, he um, dismissed me. It was painful. So, yeah, I was sl slowly seeing through my projection with his help. When we're on the path, are all perceptions projections? Everything you see is a projection until you see what it fundamentally is. Neil Kabang, the way we come after the teacher, is that the way we come after ourselves? I don't, I don't think so exactly, unless I'm misunderstanding where this is coming from, I would say, no. It may be, so to some extent, maybe. Is it the way we look for other? I don't know, I'm getting confused. If I'm um, coming after you and I'm looking for something out there. Yes. Is that the way I'm coming after you? What do you think about what you're thinking? It's bending. What? Bending. Bending? Bending. Oh, broke. Bending. Go for broke. <laughs> <laughs> It's more direct, I, I follow you a little bit, it's more direct than what you're saying. It's not a story of it as the way that I, if I did it this, and it was just the same way as that, it's, it's just too circular and vague and so on. It's not that there couldn't be some truth to that, but it's more, it's more direct than that. It's just a direct situation. It's the truth. It's, it's the truth, it's ultimately true.
I think you said um, when you first asked Coven, you weren't being sincere. Mm -hmm. um, did, did that change where there was a point where you felt sincere when you asked him? Yes, uh, yes. It took a while, but yes. But when I say I wasn't being sincere, I was sincere, but I, but I, I didn't really want to expose myself and be, you know, helpless. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying everybody has to go through what I went through, uh, but you might have your own version of something similar. How, how do we as students impact the uh, teacher's teaching? Um, I certainly do without a, without a student. Without, uh, I, I talk about a true teacher as being someone who teaches out of what they see. They actually see this. If they're teaching out of books or out of concepts, even though those concepts are all over the place, we study them every day because it's all over in books. But to teach isn't just to spout off words. It's, it's, uh, goes beyond that. And to, and to learn from words, uh, they're supportive, but they, but they won't replace the actual insight itself, the actual wisdom that is being covered up, that everybody co covers up out of open fear, right and wrong, success and failure. And, and, and it creates a, a network of, of self-centeredness. And that sometimes that is sometimes even though you're on the path, even though you're a fully ordained monk, you're not about to, to allow that to be broken. You're going to hide out in that structure. Nibong, you, you will say that you're interested in what you will say. Um, what you will say. You're interested in what you will, what, yeah. how you will answer us or, you know, what, what, um, kind of questions we can come up with. You're interested in what comes. Yes, I'm. If you teaching. ask me questions, I'm interested in how I, because I, I get to hear it the, when you do, which I've said before. I don't know what I'm going to say. Put yourself in my place. I mean, you're sitting up here, and you don't know who you are or what you're going to say or what you're going to do. You have no idea. I have no clue about anything. And you're functioning as a what? What are you functioning as? That's so why I say, come and get me, so that I can show up without, without, more. So that makes me feel like we're in some way limiting your teaching. Is that true? Both, both limiting and, uh, and uh, creating a platform for that to even occur. And so, as I said, without a, a teacher uh, teaching out of what he or she or they seeing, teaching out of that, from that, then um, there's no teacher, there's, there's no true teacher. There's teaching, but it's more in the relative area, more in the mundane area. It might be about the ultimate, it's still mundane, unless it's, unless it's understood. And then the words that come out of that, the teaching that comes out of that uh, person uh, is may sound very ordinary and very uh, like any other person talking or teaching. So then what is necessary then is to have a true student and the true student receives, receives, not learns, living up to a standard of learning, passing tests or memorizing, uh, you know, long pieces of the Prajnaparamita literature or something. Sir, what is a true student? Receive. As I've said many times, this is said before, before I got here, uh, that, that everything the teacher says and does is a teaching. If they're a Dharma teacher and you're a Dharma student and everything they do is a teaching. This is not to justify some kind of abuse of students. Although it can show up that way, it can show up, it's a, it's a it's dangerous to ego. And if just like all of the terrible bad press that teachers get, uh, 
whether it's uh, <clears throat> Joshu Sasaki Roshi, who lived to be 107, was it? Who was the teacher of uh, the singer uh, songwriter um, Leonard, Cohen. Leonard Cohen, and and he was accused of abusing students, sexually abusing students. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not here to defend him at all. I have no idea what was happening there, nor do you. The only people that didn't have any idea what was happening there were the students. And of course, uh, Roshi would know, I presume. But even what happened to the students is still is, is fraught with misunderstanding and confusion. Don't misunderstand me. I'm saying he probably was guilty, let's use that word, of stepping across the line with one of his students in terms of sexuality, probably. There's, there was a bunch of it, just like there was with Sankar and Mipam, or with Trungpa Rinpoche, or with other teachers everywhere. It's like, when's this going to stop? Just like you go in the other direction with the, not to pick on anybody particularly, Roman Catholicism is full. It's just not three or four hundred people, it's thousands of abusing situations which comes out of the cultural dynamic within which someone uh, shows up as a person in a society, in a culture where everyone has to be celibate, or if they're going to be a, a priest. But there's, the causes and conditions there are intensely elaborate. This doesn't mean that one person <laughs> doing something uh, shouldn't be in some way held responsible for it. Yes, it should be, but it's very easy to, to jump on that and just blame and accuse and uh, spend a lot of time doing that. I'm not sure how to ask this question without ending up in some kind of hypothetical situation, but... Do it anyway. Okay, thank you. Um, if you end up in, if you were in a situation like that as someone's student, and is there a way to receive something like that as a teaching without necessarily just allowing the abuse? What, how Very good. Excellent question. You or me, if you see me, I'm telling you, and something I did not do in the situation that I was in, I did not step in and, and say something about that. Did I participate in gossip? Somewhat. But I didn't step right into it and say, I want to know about this. What's going on? What's happening? That's what needs to, and if you can, it should be right to the teeth in the face of the teacher. You know, look at me saying, you know, I was terrified of my teachers. But you ask me, and I'm saying, if you can, step right into it. Say something about it. Even though you, you're faced with uh, everything the teacher does or says is a teaching, that doesn't mean you shouldn't step in. That, that's a good example of come and get me. That's an extreme example of it. And it's, it's not happening. Instead, people tend to hold the teacher responsible as if they are some kind of a, a supreme being or something. We've tried to do that here uh, somewhat by uh, talking, about, uh, talking about talks on devotion. Devotion is different for each person. It's dependently risen, my friends. And I'm, this is not about letting anybody off the hook or some horrible being. There are no horrible beings. There are no angels and there are no saints and there are no devils. Everything is masquerading as other. But just fundamentally, this is not separate. I'm looking at it. You're looking at it. But you're looking at what you think it is. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at what, what I think it is too. <laughs> Pulled you there, didn't I? No, I'm looking at what it is. It's not separate. It's not separate. But it's not a conclusion. It's not. Oh my gosh, for a while I thought everything was separated, and finally I see it. It's not that kind of situation. It, everything is included, even your pre, previous uh, preconceptions and so on. So yes, come right at it. should be able to do that. I'm not saying that some teachers or some situations or some other yous, like that you there or this you over here, other yous might not be able to do that, but you, you. <laughs> you see a little bit it's a little silly but it's like it's like that it's so we're, it's so close to our heart 
and yet we'll, we'll we won't go there. We'll go to some way of so that we don't have to expose ourselves. We'll go to some other way of doing it so that we we need to find somebody to blame, not you, not necessarily you. It's very difficult because each situation needs to be looked at very closely, very personally, and no no judging everybody uh, by this or that. Look at each situation. Eugene. Uh, I have a question, but I also, I've seen Brian holding his hand for a while. So if, if he has still a question, maybe he can ask first and then I will ask mine. Thank okay. you. Go ahead, Brian. Um, I, I was wondering, is, it a mis is, it, is the student mistaken to think he could speak to uh, the teacher as if he were a friend? I don't know. Not I. I don't know. I mean, certainly not over here. So, and, oh, well, and I, my my son, uh, uh, my son who's around here, uh, Takudo, is right down on, on the screen here. Uh, although he is in uh, in Nepal right now, uh, he was very he was very close friends with Coben, but his dynamic with Coben was totally different. You know, uh, it was just a different dynamic altogether. I was almost, I was just a couple of years uh, younger than Coben. And Coben uh, uh, saw, met Mason when he was a very young man. And Mason had not, was still pretty innocent and hadn't get, gotten time to get full of himself yet, like he is now. <laughs> right, Dagado? <laughs> but I was totally full of myself and was just thinking I was this wonderful person who understood the Dharma and, and was a, teaching people how to meditate and everything. And he saw right through that. So, um, Brian Bowing. Go ahead, please. Um, Coben once said uh, about the teacher-student relationship that um, he said, uh, I will be an ancient Buddha for you. W yes. What did he mean? So <laughs> that's an old saying. Another one of the way of saying it is, uh, uh, you may have to be a 16-foot golden Buddha. It just means that you... You, you realize, you realize this. You, you don't know it. It isn't something you know about, like knowledge. You just realize who you are, and you're not separate from the Buddha. So you can be an ancient Buddha. You can be a 16-foot. You can be, you can do this. You're, you're doing it for others, and whom you are not separate from. It, it, the closest uh, kind of a homely uh uh, example would be it's like you're everybody's mother, you're everybody's father, you're everybody is your child. Not just your biological, but you see they fundamentally uh, are confused. And that confusion can show up so many different ways. And some of them need a good spanking. And other, one, other ones need to be uh, treated with uh, extreme respect and deference and love and uh, the, the general idea of compassion, just support them. They're having a difficult time. But if, uh, it's always so situational, Brian. And and if anybody was an ancient Buddha, it was Coben. Uh, Brian Bowing. Yes, sir. So, so was he saying that he, in wanting to be the Buddha for his teacher, he, an ancient Buddha, he was supplying that. He was selling Buddhahood. He was he was Buddha. He was he was fulfilling that Buddha. Buddhahood, Buddhahood is a supremely nobody. Kobutsu, Ko is uh, ancient. Butsu, of course, is Buddha. Kobutsu. Thank you for that question, and for that memory of Koban. Further questions. Jishin Bowing. Jishin, go ahead. I forgot about you. <laughs> <laughs> when you are saying come and get me after all of the all of what was said tonight it it feels to me that uh, that you are saying come come and get me that i can get you and it's it somehow resonates with what uh, Mioka was asking it, at least it resonated somehow with me is it the invitation on your part to that we can actually come to you and expose ourselves that, that those walls behind which we are hiding yes. can be broken? Be genuine. 
Be, be genuine. There's nothing to protect. There certainly isn't anything to protect with a teacher. So yeah, that's uh, well said, Kishin. A question from Daniel. Do you have any advice for someone intent on continuing practice in prison? Bowing. Yes, the very best thing, uh, talk to a lot of inmates, and of course it's different with each one, but if you want to continue practice and you're in lockup or someone, apparently someone you know is in lockup, uh, Daniel, uh, I would say spend a lot of time uh, facing the wall. And there are ways to do it in prison. If, if it's really, if you're in, a, uh, in an open area where there's lots of other inmates making noise, you can stuff some toilet paper in your ears buffer it a little bit find some place where nothing's moving it might be bars it might be uh the the, the back of your bed because around the top you might be able to sit up there unless the ceiling's too low sit up there and face the wall and uh and if anybody says anything to you uh ignore them for a while but if they're if they're persistent turn around and talk to them allow your in, your allow your sitting practice to be interrupted by others you're not in you're in a hell realm in, in prison and you need to you need to function as if you're in hell realm but not turn into a hell being yourself so when when you look at someone if someone is challenging you or mocking you turn around and look at them and uh and say to them you could say meditate you say i'm trying to train my mind so i'm not so crazy and then when you do that don't look them in the eye look down don't look at the floor but look just drop look at them right about here so you're not challenging them just say, I'm just trying to train my mind so that I can see more clearly and work through my confusion. Anybody who's in prison will probably respect that, that statement. And then, and then you, then as soon as you're done making a statement, then look them in the eye. And then that will, then they will, that will switch uh, them. This is a lot of information, but this is what's coming up because I think it's important. And this is why inmates don't meditate in prison because they're the noise and their interruptions, but this can all be worked with. Turn back around and face the wall again and do it over and over and over. Anybody who's in prison who doesn't have a job should be sit doing sitting meditation at least four hours a day. Make yourself do it, especially in prison. Out in here in the, in the uh, so-called world, uh, we might not be able to do that. But if you're in prison, don't miss that chance to be in a, in, in a, uh, somewhat of it's not it's not exactly somewhat of a monastery setting we said if you if you're in this monastery you live here uh, you most every day you sit six and a half hours a day unless you have other things to do and people come up with all kinds of reasons why they can't fix it and what do i do with that not much they know they're doing it some of them have jobs <laughs> because we're not so that's why you you should actually help us so all these monks can come in here and not have any excuses why they can't meditate. <laughs> Hi, this is Chiazan, the prior at Sokokoji Buddhist Monastery. Sokozan offers these talks without expecting anything in return. If you value these talks and would like them to continue, please visit our donate page at www.sokokoji.org. Thank you.